You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Giants fans? What's up, Cardinal fans? Baseball is finally returning as the All-Star break has come to an end, and we've got baseball today to talk about it. And uh, we're going to have a little bit of a crossover as the Giants and Cardinals play each other for the second time in pretty much as many weeks. And I'm Lucas Smith, and I'm joined by host of Locked On Giants, Ben Kaspik. Ben, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Looking forward to baseball coming back. I really, four days even is too too many for me. So excited yeah. about it. This is true. I remember a couple of years ago, I, I used to be like really into MLB Network. So I'd watch that just like constantly. And so during the All-Star break, all they did was show old All-Star games. And it, it's fun for, you know, two or three games. And then it's like, OK, let, let's get real baseball going back and let, let's get real things going. So, yeah, so, so the Giants have kind of been the surprise of the season for, for a lot of people. I don't think anybody would have expected the Giants to be in a playoff position that they have been. So just real quickly for my listeners, what has been the secret to their success? It's been a lot of everything, but if I had to dial it in uh, as to a couple things, number one, the starting pitching has been really good. Uh, Kevin Gosman has been fabulous. I know he pitched against the Cardinals in the series they played a few days ago, and he's going to pitch again uh, coming up here. He's just been great, and he was with them last year too, and he was really good then. And, you know, so he, he's been a huge part of it. And then, Anthony DiSclafani and Alex Wood also have been pretty darn good. And then offensively, I think a lot of pe- the thing that a lot of people don't think about when they think about this team is that they're a really good offensive team. And the way they do it is with power. And that is not something that most people think about when they think about the Giants. They think about like timely hitting and all that. But really, they're just out slugging their opponents and they also get on base a lot. So you get on base a lot. You hit a lot of home runs. They're first in Major League Baseball in home runs. And uh, I saw a note today that they're, you know, their differential between the pitching and the offense in terms of home runs, they're like plus 45. So they're absolutely out homering their opponents each and every night. So uh, and then the defense has been great. So it's really hard to find an area to complain about. And that's why they have the best record in the major leagues. Well, that's a good thing. I think that's kind of the opposite of what the Cardinals are dealing with, where, you know, that this team, we're getting awfully close to the trade deadline. As of this recording, we're 16 days away from the trade deadline. And the Cardinals have a weakness or a need in just just about every area. They need a bench bat. They need a second baseman, in my opinion. They need a shortstop. They need a starter. They need a reliever. They need about four or five different things. That's a lot of things. Yeah. And it's one of those things that I would not have expected the Cardinals to be in this position. It's kind of the opposite of the Giants, right? Cardinals got Nolan Arenado. They're the favorites in the central. And then they got hit by the injury bug. Jack Flaherty, Miles Michaelis, Carlos Martinez, and just a whole bunch of underperforming. Tommy Edmond has not been the same this season. Paul DeYoung has either been hurt or just completely lost on the baseball field. So the Giants and Cardinals have kind of flip-flopped in their predictions. I think that a lot of people kind of saw the Giants as a third, fourth-place team coming in, and now they're first place, and the Cardinals were seen as kind of a first, second-place team coming in, and now they're in, in third place as, as we sit here going into the All-Star break. So it's kind of a season of flip-flopping for the Giants and Cardinals, and I'm not very happy about it. I'm sure you're happy about it, but I'm not. But let's do a quick recap on that last series. You mentioned Gosman um, pitching that series, and that was a very well-pitched game. Cardinals were able to get to him late. How big of a series do you think that was in terms of momentum as the Cardinals did take two out of three in that series? 
Well, it was, you know, the Cardinals played the Giants as tough as anybody has all season in that series. Like not a lot of teams have done what the Cardinals did, especially in San Francisco, where the Giants have been just absolutely electric all season long. So uh, pretty much only the Dodgers have been a team that's played the Giants tough like that, especially in the last couple of months. So it it was a little bit of a concern how the Giants would respond after that and would they you know, because they had lost four in a row for the first time all season, like a week prior, which involved one loss to the A's, two losses to the Dodgers, and then a loss to the Diamondbacks. So they didn't get like destroyed by any one team in that stretch. But anyway, the concern was how are how are they going to respond going into that last series of the year against the Nationals and the Giants swept. So mm-hmm. right after, you know, the Cardinals left town, the Giants swept the Nationals. So uh, they responded well, but you know, it'll be interesting to see how this series goes because uh, I'm sure the Giants would like some revenge, but, you know, the Cardinals have always played the Giants tough. These two teams have always played each other tough, I would say. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it it was interesting. And the Cardinals really seem to have an edge that other teams haven't had against the Giants in that series. So I'll be fascinated to see how this one goes. I was really intrigued by that game two pitching matchup. You had Adam Wainwright versus Johnny Cueto, two yeah. veterans that have seen each other a lot because Cueto used to be in the Reds organization. Uh, they didn't pitch all that well. I don't, I don't think either starter went more than more than five innings. I know Wainwright only went five. Um, you know, they both kept their teams in the game. Cueto went six that, that game. So that was kind of, kind of, a, of a fun matchup. And, you know, once the Cardinals did win the first two, a sweep would have been really nice going into that weekend series against Chicago. And you mentioned like, what was the response going to be? Because the Giants had to turn around and come back. The Cardinals had to keep that momentum going because the Cardinals need to start racking up wins here. And they kind of weren't really able to do that because they had a three-game series against Chicago and game three got rained out. When I use quotation marks when I say rained out, I was supposed to go to that game. It was my 21st birthday on Sunday, so I was supposed to go to that game and it got rained out. I was in Wrigleyville the rest of that day. It barely rained a drop. So I'm a little bit salty about that, but it is what it is. I think if the All-Star break wasn't this week, they would have played that game but that's another discussion. So they, they split the two games against the Cubs and the, the Cardinals kind of front office and coaching staff has this way about them that they, they kind of like to look at the positives and look at the positives only and not really recognize the fair failures that this team has. And that has been a lack of bullpen depth outside of Giovanni Gagos, Alex Reyes and Hennessy Cabrera. Outside of those three guys, the Cardinals have not had a very good bullpen and one question I want to ask you about the bullpen that, that's kind of interesting to me is inherited runners scored. I always like looking at that stat for, for whatever reason. And the Cardinals and Giants are very similar in that stat. Uh, the, the Giants have the second highest percentage in Major League Baseball at 44%, and the Cardinals have the fourth highest at 41%. It's weird that these two teams are kind of far away in standings, but so close in that one number. Do you think that inherited runners scored is just kind of a happenstance, or do you read too much into that at all? I generally think of that number as kind of a happenstance. I don't think it's necessarily like predictive of future performance. It's definitely, it tells you something, right? Mm-hmm. It tells you about what's happened, but I don't, I don't see it as one of those stats that's, that's likely to continue necessarily. Something that I do look at is a pitcher's own runners scoring the percentage of, you know, when, when you're a pitcher and you allow a hit or a walk or whatever, how often do those guys score? That's actually a stat that I do look at. And something interesting about that stat is that it's really hard to over or underperform the league average. Most pitchers generally end up at league average um, in that stat. And that's because 
a lot of it is out of their out of their control. I don't know exactly why it is, but mm-hmm. uh, I I was looking at at the Cardinals pitching and bullpen and all that, and it's really weird because in some ways they're they're really similar and tight. And this is like the stat you just mentioned. You're telling me they're they're really similar and close in that category, but in other categories they're polar opposites. Like literally, in walk percentage, the Giants are number one in baseball in terms of preventing walks. Cardinals pitching staff is last, dead last at eleven and a half percent. Giants at seven point two percent. So it is interesting to to kind of look through the stats and see where these two teams are similar and different. And you know, in in terms of wins and losses, obviously. Cardinals kind of middle of the pack, but the Giants obviously leading the way right now. A quick break in the action between Ben Kaspik and myself to tell you guys about Built Bar. They have incredible, wonderful, delicious flavors. They have the best tasting protein bar on the market. They have something for everyone. They've got coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. So many to choose from, and they're all covered in 100% sweet, delicious chocolate. And I love myself some chocolate. That's why I love the double chocolate flavor. If you haven't tried all the flavors, don't need to worry. Get yourself a mix box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. So not only are all these Built Bars incredibly tasty, but they're healthy too. Check out the macros. Most of them have 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180. 4 to 5 grams of sugar and just 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors. All tasty. All healthy. So order today. Get whatever you'd like. Belt Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So if Olympians are eating it, maybe you should too. Go to Belt.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order of these incredible Built Bars. Once again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Belt.com. It's funny, you said the Cardinals are 11%, and to me, that seems very low. I feel like it should be closer to 18%, 20%, because it feels like every time a bullpen player comes into the game, it's a leadoff walk. It just seems like that is routine for the St. Louis Cardinals, so it's kind of bizarre. So Cardinals have a series, and Giants have a series coming up this weekend, uh, in case you guys weren't uh, aware of that. And the 715, 615, and 115 are the time central in Bush Stadium. At the time of this recording, the Cardinals don't have any starters announced. Um, but I'm betting it's probably going to be a combination of Adam Wainwright, KK Kim, and Wade LeBlanc pending any major moves. The Giants right now have Kevin Gossman on Friday, uh, Anthony Discalfani on Saturday, and Johnny Cueto on Sunday. Not an easy gauntlet for the Cardinals to go through in terms of the Giants starting pitching this weekend. Yeah, and I don't know if that's been announced. I saw the same thing. I was looking on fan graphs, and that's, where they, that's the three that they had projected, but I would imagine it may be Alex Wood instead of Johnny Cueto okay. on uh, on Sunday. But the Giants, right after leaving St. Louis, they go play the Dodgers for four games. And so it is possible <clears throat> excuse me, that they may want to hold back Alex Wood maybe for the first start of that Dodgers series. It may depend on how the first two games go. Uh, because with all due respect to the Cardinals, I think the Giants view the Dodgers. The Dodgers are a hard team to face, and the Giants oh, face them a lot. So they're strategic with stuff like that. So they may, I'm not sure. Do you know if they announced the Giants announced those starters or is that, that just, that was on MLB.com is what I was going off of. And MLB.com sometimes okay. has weird probables, but that, that's, that's, that was, I was, yeah. I was going off of. 
I think a lot of people, like whoever's making those, they a lot of people like assume Johnny Cueto's still good, but in my opinion, <laughs> he's he's kind of the back end guy for them. Like mm-hmm. I would even go so far as to say number five when Logan Webb, a young guy, is healthy. But yeah, we don't know for sure, but I would definitely imagine that we'll see Gosman and Di Sclafani, mm-hmm. and then the three that you mentioned for the Cardinals, which includes two lefties, right, in Kim and LeBlanc and Wainwright, of course, a, a righty. Yeah, well, you, you, I, I've listened to a couple of your shows, and you mentioned how they, they go lineup matchups a lot heavy, especially in starting rotations. What's that lineup going to look like versus a lefty compared to a righty? It's very different. It's very different. Um, <laughs> there's a bunch of guys who you're not going to see. I assume it's going to be Wainwright in the first game. Does that sound? Imagine. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to just to like, there's so many differences and I'm, I'm pulling it up just so I don't miss anybody. The Giants lineup against a right-handed pitcher. You're going to see they, they have a lot of injuries right now themselves. So you're going to see Lamont Wade Jr. Probably playing first base against a righty. You're going to see Steven Duggar in center field. Buster Posey is currently banged up. So he hopefully will be able to play, but there's a chance you may not even see Buster Posey in this series. But against a left-handed pitcher, you're going to see Darren Ruff, who quietly is just a lethal offensive player. Ever since coming back from Korea, where he was for a few years, he was with the Phillies for a while, went to Korea, has come back and has just been electric and great with the Giants with the bat. And actually, he's not a bad defensive player either. Uh, You'll also probably see Tyro Estrada, who... A theme for the Giants here is depth. Like you, some mm-hmm. listeners may not even recognize some of these names: Lamont Wade Jr., Tyro Estrada. But these are guys who have done a really good job filling in for the Giants, and it, it's by design. They acquired these players as depth, and they've needed them. But another guy who's in there against lefties but not righties is Austin Slater, and he's a real threat against lefties too. So they do platoon a lot, and they generally come out on the better end of it because they you know, these guys are good against the opposite handed pitcher and the giants end up hitting a bunch of homers and scoring a bunch of runs. Typically that's just what they do. And they also grind out at bats. So generally they're a really tough offensive team and the, the different lineups have a lot to do with that. It's almost like you're playing two completely different teams each night, depending on who your, your starter is. And I feel like typically when, like when I think of the giants dynasties or the giants dynasty in 10, 12 and 14, I don't necessarily think of a lot of power. You know, Posey had a little bit, Sandoval a little bit, but I think of more like Hunter Pence, Marco Scudero, guys like that that could just kind of put the ball in gaps and make contact. And now it seems like they're, they're a lot different. And Maybe th- there is some secret to that that the Giants have unlocked. You know, the Rays kind of unlocked the secrecy of the, the opener and the nuances there might have failed them in the World Series, but maybe the Giants have unlocked the secrecy of major platooning. Or maybe it's just the fact that the Giants need to do that because maybe one lineup for them isn't necessarily as star-powered as the rest. But as we near the trade deadline, what do you think is one area that the Giants might be buyers in? I think it's probably starting pitching. Even though I Hmm. talked about how their starting pitching has been so good, uh, their president of baseball operations, Farhan Zaidi, specifically came out and said that starting pitching (laughs) was the one area where it, it... concerns him looking down through the rest of the schedule and potentially into the playoffs. And the reason for that, and the Cardinals know all about this is that if you lose your front end guys, it completely changes the the dynamic of your entire team. And Mm -hmm. it is really tough to replace those guys. 
And so the Giants have gotten great production out of these guys. But if they lost Kevin Gosman, which is similar to you know the Cardinals losing Jack Flaherty, it would it's just a huge blow that's really tough to make up for. As I mentioned with the offense, the Giants have missed a ton of players. Brandon Belt is hurt. Evan Longoria is hurt. Uh, there's a lot more than that, but off the top of my head, I'm forgetting because my head is spinning with all the injuries they've had. Mm-hmm. But they've been able to, with platoons and kind of opportunistic matchup type baseball, they've been able to make up for those losses. But I don't think they would have such an easy time if they lost some key guys in the rotation. And given where they are, they're leading this division, a division that the Dodgers have won every year since like since the beginning of time, it seems. <laughs> The Giants are going to want to go for it. And if they have a shot, they're going to want to take advantage. So I would say starting pitching is going to be the number one priority for them. And imagine, excuse me again, if everyone stays healthy and you add another really good starter, then all of a sudden you've got, you're just a really, really, really good team as opposed to just being really, really good as they are right now. So, yeah, a team can never have too much starting pitching. So I think that, you know, every team ever is going to look to add starters. One last break to tell you guys about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You can check all the action, not just baseball, but all the action at Bet Online, including NBA, golf, Olympic odds coming up soon, UFC, MMA, and including the NBA draft as well. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as the teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50%, that's right, a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You can get that welcome bonus by using the promo code LOCKED ON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKED ON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. I think that's right. And the the Giants are no exception. And like they they stockpiled on on starting pitching depth in the offseason. And they, you know, Scott Casimir, who hadn't pitched in like five years, is currently in their uh, minor league system. And he made a start or two this year. So they've done it already. But with, you know, players dropping like flies to injuries this year, again, Cardinals can attest to that. Yeah, you can never have too much, and that's what that's what they're thinking. Yeah, well, the Cardinals have nowhere near enough. <laughs> they seem to have like a, it, it's weird. Their their minor league system is the same as their major league system in the sense that they're very top heavy. You've got a Zach Thompson and a Matthew Libertor that are their two of their top pitching prospects in the minor leagues that are closest. And outside of that, you have a couple of you know decent arms, but nobody that's like going to be ready to make the jump within the next year. Same mm-hmm. thing. You have Jack Flaherty, Adam Wainwright. And really everything else behind them were a bunch of question marks. And so far, all those question marks have turned into periods, end of story, get them out. And Flaherty has been hurt. And Flaherty was having a career year before this. He was looking like second half 2019. He was eight and one with an ERA of two and a half or something like that. So it's not like he was, you know, just a name, not pitching very well, always hurt, no big deal. No, he was leading this team as a staff. So the Cardinals are going to get him back in August is the plan right now. So you're almost going to be able to add two starting pitchers by making one move. You know, if the Cardinals make a move, you know, Kyle Gibson's name has been thrown around a lot. Max Scherzer has become a pipe dream at this point, but his name is still out there. If you can add 
even if it is a Gibson or if it is a Jose Barrios. But if you get a Barrios and a Flaherty to start your rotation and Flaherty is your three, you know, that, that's not a bad starting rotation. Are these moves realistic is, is a different question. And do the Cardinals have enough prospect depth to make these moves right. happen? Because they're not, that they said, they're not going to give up their, their top prospects. They're not going to give up a Nolan Gorman or a Libertor to get a Scherzer. It's gonna, they're going to have to rely on that other depth. And to be honest with you, they don't have a lot of major league so pieces to, sac- to sacrifice as well. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to have to be a Nolan Arenado-like steal <laughs> to pull off any major random, trades but, for St. Uh, Louis this year. But the game I, I think it'll be fun because the Cardinals and Giants always have good battles. I want to ask you, what, what's one of your um, favorite Cardinals-Giants postseason memories of the last handful of years? 2012. Oh my gosh, the first one that jumps right into my head is the Giants Travis Ishikawa walk-off. Okay, we're done. I got to be done. I'm not bringing that up. And the runner scored from second base no kidding my family and that was that was a lot of my mom the Giants injured her knee like jumping up and down (laughs) Uh, 2002 but she didn't care the walk off it was crazy i mean kenny lost believe it or not i was actually there as well as a young (laughs) lad 13 years old or so 2002 kenny lofton walk off single against i think steve klein with mike matheny behind the plate and it scored david bell as the winning run and he uh is now the manager of the Reds. So anyway, a lot of great memories between these two yeah. teams. Let me know your favorite though, because I know, you know, I'm sure there are some from the Cardinal side too. Yeah, there are some. Uh, <laughs> uh, the one that comes to mind immediately is, is that game two that you mentioned of 2012 NLCS. It wasn't just the long home run because Oscar Tavares tied that game in the seventh. Mm-hmm. Matt Adams tied that game in the eighth. And then, like you said, Colton Wong won it in the ninth. And that was a series that was over in five games. Giants won game four and they won the next or they won game one and then they won the next two games in San Francisco. So it was not a very long series, but that was a series that was close every single game because I know game three of that series ended by Randy Choate throwing a ball down the left field, right field line. Oh, that's one of my favorites, too. And I was also there. I was also Are there. you at every game? I'm what's going on? No, in but the playoffs, <laughs> I like to make it out. That, that's cool. We, we were talking uh, before we started recording. I've been to one playoff game and it was Yadier Molina's walk-off hit, but you mentioned Mike Matheny behind the plate in the 2002 walk-off. Maybe Mike Matheny is the problem because Mike Matheny was the manager in 2012 when they blew a three to one lead. And he was the manager in 2014 when they lost four games to one. So maybe the Cardinals versus Giants aren't the problem. Maybe Mike Matheny is the problem because the Cardinals maybe. beat the Giants in 85, I think, to, to go to the World Series. Um, so maybe it was, it was Mike Matheny, but two storied franchises, two, two lots of, you know, lots of memories between both teams. But we'll go and close it out like I always like to close it out. It's almost impossible to do. But what's your prediction for this upcoming series between the Cardinals and Giants? My prediction is that the Giants uh, win two out of three. I'll, I'll go with that because I think that the pitching lines up a little bit better for them if they can. I mean, they did have the, the, the probables you mentioned are the guys who pitched in the series for the Giants, uh, Gosman. Oh no, it wasn't Di Scalfani. You oh, didn't Scofani. see Di Scalfani. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's why. Because when those when you face, and assuming it might be Alex Wood too, it's tough to beat the Giants two out of three when you have to face Gosman, Di Scalfani, and Wood. Mm-hmm. And then I think the Giants are a little bit healthier at this point. They've had some guys come back. So, I mean, it's almost impossible. Gosman getting beat is rare too. So the fact right. that... Kim kind of outdueled him in that game. It was an extremely well pitched game, but I don't know. I mean, the Cardinals very well could could win the series also, but I'll just say because the Giants are 
generally rolling that that they take two out of three, they find some way to do it. What about you? What do you think is going to happen? Well, I'll do I'll do the the uh, the opposite. I say the Cardinals take two out of three, but I will put an asterisk. This is a bold prediction because I do think that the chances are Giants win two out of three. But here's how I think the Cardinals can win two out of three, assuming Wainwright does start uh, on on Friday. And again, at the time of this recording, that hasn't been announced yet. Wainwright is so good at home. His ERA on the road is north of four, and his ERA at home is under three. So he has been just incredible at home this year, nearly as far as his entire career, but this year especially. So I think that Wainwright gives the Cardinals at least a minimal chance in game one. And assuming, again, this is all assumptions based on the, the probables, KK Kim goes in game two. He has also been traditionally better at home. So he gives the Cardinals a good chance in game two. And if the, if the Cardinals do face Cueto again in game three, I like their chances there. So if, and this, is, this has been a, bit, a big if the whole season, if the Cardinals pitch well, they win. It's a cliche. It sounds obvious, but it's been true. When, when they have good pitching, they win. The question is when that good pitching shows up. So if the Cardinals are able somehow to outpitch the San Francisco Giants or even pitch to their standards, I think the Cardinals have a good chance to take two out of three. Yeah, and just jumping off of what you're saying there, I think that it's about walks for me. If the mm-hmm, Cardinals absolutely. continue to walk a bunch of people, the Giants are lethal and when they're drawing walks. And that's part of their identity is that they work pitchers. They do not chase out of the strike zone. They've been so good at getting on base, not chasing and drawing walks. And so you, you kind of, the stars kind of align facing a team that has had trouble throwing strikes. And, and that showed up in the series in San Francisco. Giants were able to stay in some of those games and come back in some of those games because of uh, wild Cardinals relievers and also some defensive problems that the Cardinals yeah. had that I assume is not typical. Like we were seeing dropped mm-hmm. pop-ups left and right. I think it's the wind in San Francisco. Yeah, that's but, what they said. Yeah, it, still, it was crazy. Some of those, the the pitching and defense was not so sharp, but still the Cardinals found a way. So to me, if, if the Cardinals have walk issues, that's how the Giants win the series. If the Cardinals throw strikes, then they're going to be tough to beat. Yeah, I mean, you look at, just to finish up, the one game the Giants won in that series, the starting pitcher, Oviedo, walked four, and the bullpen mm-hmm. walked four. I mean, the Cardinals issued eight walks, and the Giants won. So I mean, that's the, just a credit to the point you just brought up. But before I let you go, Ben, let me know where my listeners can find you uh, on social and where they can find your work. Uh, I'm on Twitter, at Ben Kaspik. Last name is spelled K-A-S-P-I-C-K. And we have a show account, Locked on Giants, at at LO underscore SF Giants. Kind of a mouthful there. But yeah, that's where it is. And then the show is Locked on Giants, and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Yep, same here. Locked on Cardinals, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm on Twitter at LJ Fastball. The show is on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. Ben, good luck for the the series. And I really do hope the Giants take the, the division crown away from the Dodgers. So good luck the rest of the way this year. Oh, thank you very much. And likewise, I hope the Cardinals figure it out. It's always a, an interesting team to follow. And uh, I think at the end of the day, they, they usually do find a way to figure it out. More times than not. So thanks for listening, everybody. And be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.